A very warm welcome to you from Equa Marketing. This presentation is brought to you by Equa.com, a leader in digital marketing. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another amazing episode of the Growing Dentist Podcast Show. This is Naren, your host. And today I'm super excited to have Kevin Rosen. Kevin is the founder of DivergentDental.com. It's an app that pretty much tells you what's going on with your business. You know, it makes it super easy for you. Kevin, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me today. Glad to be here. Kevin, um, tell us your story. I know you came from a dental family. So tell us, um, you know, what kind of made you come up with this? And when did you come up with this? And, and, and uh, just take us through that journey. So the background is I uh, managed a dental practice for my father. He's been in dentistry since the late 70s, and he's always been on top of numbers and focused on pulling data and, and making decisions based on the data. But when I started working with him um, back in 2011, um, we had to manually run reports and then type in information in spreadsheets, about four or five different spreadsheets that I'd have to update every single day. And I'd have to run about four or five, six different reports to update that information. So I'd be spending anywhere from 15 minutes to an hour just updating these different reports every single day. And so uh, I always knew that there would be a better way to do it. I just didn't know exactly how to do it at that time. Um, we had a consultant group that we were partnered with and they had a service that was pulling data that was doing fine. Uh, but then in 2013, we converted over to Open Dental and the reports that we were getting from that service were not accurate. They weren't factoring in our PPO discounts that we had at all. And for me, when you look at your production numbers, gross production is kind of a vanity metric. It really has very little basis in reality if you're with PPO. You know, you're not going to collect on your gross fees uh, for the insurance contracts you're in network with. So we had to look at net production and that number was not being looked at. So I, because of necessity, I built a service for myself first where I automated getting the numbers that I wanted to see. And I made it in a way that was easy to look at, was easy to, to see every single day and didn't require any sort of manual input on my part. And so got that done in a pretty quick fashion and then thought, okay, there's others that might benefit from this. And fast forward two years later, I had my company up and running and uh, have been growing just through word of mouth with other people hearing about what I've offered and make it easy for them to stay on top of the numbers of their practice and help them build the, the growth of their practice. Great. I mean, I'm assuming your dad was, dad was a great uh, operator and that's why he was looking at his numbers. Oh, can, absolutely. You tell me, can you tell me the top three numbers that you think everybody should look at every day? Yeah, for sure. So with uh, the daily dashboard that we provide, it's an email-based service that you get an updated report with new data every single day. Uh, the pretty obvious ones are net production. Um, that's, I mean, everybody kind of knows that and collection. So, I mean, just let's not even count those as the guiding numbers, but numbers you should look at every single day um, are your case acceptance. And when I talk about case acceptance, I mean, what percentage of patients are saying yes to your treatment that you're presenting to them or that you're diagnosing? And so what I mean by that is you could be diagnosing for one patient $10,000 in dentistry, you know, have multiple bridges or root canals and fillings or whatever. But if the patient, for whatever reason, only trusts you to say yes to one filling, I still would say they have accepted your treatment because they are proceeding with 
at least one thing from your treatment plan. So case acceptance is number one. Number two, your reappointment rate. And one of the things that drives production regardless is patients coming into your practice. You know, we spend a lot of money on marketing. We spend a lot of time trying to fill our schedule. The easiest way to keep your production growing is to make sure your patients have their next appointment scheduled when they walk out the door. So I think every practice should look at the reappointment rate for their entire patient base, not just their recall patients or their um, hygiene patients. So reappointment rate is another number. Um, and then, you know, as far as the another metric to track every day is your new patients and specifically your month to date new patients. You know, I'm not too worried on a daily basis whether or not you had a new patient, but tracking where you are in relation to what your goals are for the month, uh, tracking your new patient numbers every day. So collection, excuse me, case acceptance, reappointment rate, new patients. If I had to summarize what three metrics should you look at every day, those would be those three. Absolutely. And um, so are there daily metrics and then are there weekly or monthly metrics you also recommend? I mean, what are the top three? Yeah, for sure. So kind of a guiding idea for me with looking at your data is I don't think you should get in an information overload. You know, there's certain things that you don't need to look at every single day. Like, for example, um, how many patients did you provide fluoride treatment for? Do you need to look at that every day? I don't think so. I mean, maybe if you're in a large practice where you have thousands of patients that you're managing every day, maybe that makes more sense on, on a meta level. But for an individual practice owner, there are certain things they don't need to look at every day. But when they look at things for a month basis, a number that a lot of people I don't think are aware they should look at is their attrition. Uh, you know, we just talked about new patients. You know, you're spending money advertising and marketing uh, and you're getting, say, 25 new patients in the door in your practice in the month. Well, how many patients have left out the back door? And what I mean by that is I'm not saying how many patients have you marked as inactive or archived, whatever the terminology may be in your software. What I mean by that is how many patients have not been in to see you in the past 18 months. And so with our monthly report, we track not only do we look at new patients, we track attritions as well. Uh, so, for example, I'm looking at one of one dental practice. They had nine new patients in a month, but they had 30 attritions. So their effective rate of growth was actually negative. You know, their patient base shrunk by 21 patients in that month. And so by tracking attrition each month, you are going to know, okay, am I healthy? Because sometimes if you have, say, even 50 new patients, if you have 50 new patients in a month, but 100 attritions, you're still shrinking. So for me, when we look at numbers, you have to look at it in the context of, of what does it mean from the big picture, not just that stat alone. And some numbers um, look best when, you're, when you compare them to another metric. Right. So attrition, how do you calculate attrition? Uh, it's pretty simple. You know, when was the last time they were in the office? If it's been over 18 months, then I would count them as a patient who's fallen into attrition. I mean, I, I try to keep things as simple as possible, not come up with some major complicated method. It's when, when was the last time they had an appointment in your office? And that's how I would look at attrition. It's a pretty simple stat when you boil it down to its essence. So, so you talked about the three metrics people should look at on a daily basis. One was uh, your net. Uh, one was uh, your new patients, and the other one was new patients. You know, in the month, and uh, the third one was uh, was the third one. Uh, and uh, people who actually uh, accept treatment, right? In other Correct. words, if you, uh, mm -hmm. what percentage actually accepted any or all of the treatment you recommended? Yes. So those were the, the the daily metrics, and we talked about some other metrics that you may look at. Not every day, but maybe once a month or so. One was uh, attrition. What What are the other ones you should look at? 
you know, maybe not on a daily basis, but perhaps on a monthly basis. I think the net production per uh, either day, patient, or hour uh, just depends on what drives you. I mean, I look at all three of those in my, our monthly report. So if you're looking at a, from a per patient perspective, um, I think that's an important thing to look at. I, I don't know that it matters each day as much as it does in a month. Um, you know, if you're only producing less than $200 per patient, you know, you need to factor that in for your overhead. You need to really factor in your know, capacity if you're only doing $200 per patient. Whereas if you're averaging more around the six or $700 average production per patient, uh, that's, that's an important number to look at. And when I look at it that way, um, I'm not talking about per appointment. I'm talking about the individual patients. And the reason I'm looking at it that way is, uh, let's just take dentures, for example. You know, the first appointment for a denture, uh, you might be charging out the full case fee for the, the dentures themselves. Uh, but then they're going to have a number of follow-up visits that there's no charge for a lot of practice where they're actually trying it in and, and, and such. So the one patient may have four different appointments and to just say a pick a number of $2,000, let's say that's the denture fee. Um, so if, they, if you count it from a per appointment number, you're averaging uh, $500 per appointment. Well, the reality is that patient, you're averaging $2,000. So I kind of like to look at things from the patient number uh, because I think that's a better indicator of how healthy your practice is producing dentistry uh, based on the patients that you're seeing. So net per patient, I would say, would be another number to look at on a monthly basis. Uh, and then another thing I would look at, too, on a monthly level is um, on the case acceptance, I would look at the fee level. Um, I, I wouldn't worry so much about the case acceptance percentage on the fees on a daily basis. I would look at it from a monthly basis in that that gives you a better trend. But specifically with that, the dollars treatment planned in a month. You know, knowing how, how much dentistry have you presented or diagnosed in a month. Uh, and the reason I would look at that each month is if that number drops, your production is going to drop down the road. And, and there's a lot of different things that factor into your, your treatment plan dollars. Uh, if the doctor gets too busy and they're not really uh, doing a thorough treatment plan for the patient, their, their case uh, presentation is going to go down. And so, anyway, I, I would look at the dollars treatment plan each month as well as another uh, to go along with that. Um, now, other than setting up the, the, the system, mm -hmm. do you help them improve these numbers? Or what do you recommend? Do you have any tips? Because I know you also run your dad's practice. So the, there's different levels that we offer with Divergent Dental. Um, most of my customers, they do what I would kind of call a self-serve uh, analytics where we provide the numbers and we do provide a hot, um, guidance on how to understand them. You know, and dentists are smart people for the most part. And so they can look at the numbers and interpret a lot of that. But if they're needing some more hands-on coaching, we do offer a premium level where we would go through the numbers with them and give direct suggestions that are specific to things we see in the reports and then drill down with some custom reporting as well. So if they're looking for more hands-on and a third-party uh, viewpoint, that is something we do provide as well with the service. Uh, so let me just give you a, a very specific example of how that would look. Um, 
the Centers for Disease Control in the United States said um, recently came up with a stat that at least 40% of the adult population suffers from moderate to severe periodontitis. And so with the dental offices, you would think if that's what the Centers for Disease Control, that's the number they say the average is across the board, uh, being, you would expect somewhere close to that number being treated for periodontal disease. Well, when I've looked at numbers across the board, most private practices are treating uh, significantly less than that. Uh, I would say probably in the 10 to 15% range of patients, adult patients are being traded for periodontal disease in most practices in the United States, at least the numbers that I have seen. So when you're looking at, you're just going through your daily practice, you would not even really know what percentage of your patients are you actually treating for periodontal disease. And if you see, for example, if you, by looking at the numbers, if you see you're treating less than 10% in some cases for periodontal disease, you have to ask yourself at that point, what's happening? Are you giving away periodontal services for free? You know, are your, is your hygiene team or is the dentist doing a scaling and root planing and you're only charging it out as a, a profi? You know, that, that's something just from a systems standpoint, you have to decide how are you going to handle that? Then the other side is, are you, are you diagnosing periodontal disease? Are you taking periodontal measurements? I mean, that's a number, when you look at it from a data perspective, things are happening. Number one, you're providing the best quality of service and dentistry that you can to your patients by diagnosing them for where they really are. You know, are you treating them for the disease that they really have? And then from a business perspective, the production that comes in from periodontal services is much higher than your traditional profi appointments. And so it, it not, it's, it's one of those where everybody wins, where the patient gets a healthier mouth and the, the practice will see an increase in production as well. And so everybody uh, benefits by just an analysis of how effective are you treating your periodontal disease in your practice. Makes, makes ton of sense. So the, um, how long have you been managing a practice for your dad? Before you started this? Before I started it, uh, I was managing the practice for um, about four years before I launched. Uh, just under four years, actually. Um, and my dad's been in practice for 40 years. He started in dentistry in Illinois and moved to Texas when he wanted to get away from the cold <laughs> Illinois-Chicago winters. So we moved down into the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Were you guys affected by the hurricane? No, uh, the Dallas we did not hit, get any. I don't think it even rained here uh, from the from Hurricane Harvey. Right, so we benefit, but I do know a um, number of uh, people down in the Houston area that were directly impacted by it, and some um, extended family as well. So, yeah, it's a uh, it's tough, but that's that's part of life. You get knocked down and you get back up. Right, right. Um, what led you to do this? I know like a lot of dentists want to start a business, you know, that's not to do with dentistry. And uh, I know you're not a dentist, but still you come from that background and you still work in the dental industry. So what, what kind of gave you the courage, the inspiration, whatever you want to call it, to go ahead and do this? Well, um, it's one of those things where you kind of just, I guess, right place, right time type of thing uh, that it happened. Um, I didn't really start this with the intention of building a business out of it. I mean, I, I actually had a website that I, that I started and I was thinking, okay, I'd blog and kind of give insights into what I saw from, uh, from an office manager perspective. That's kind of what I started with. But then 
um, when I started building out this automated system for myself first, I realized, you know, maybe, maybe people would like something like this because there were a couple other similar things that were out there that um, I felt were um, the value just wasn't there in the investment that you had to make for uh, the services versus how much uh, you got back in return. So I mean, ultimately I, I kind of, just fell into it where I thought, okay, now that I've got this system in place, it's working for me. I, I threw it out there to see if other people might be interested in, in testing out my service. Uh, it, initially I started as a beta uh, program and, and built out my service with uh, uh, you know, a couple dozen different dental practices that were testing things out with me. And, you know, it's one of those things where it almost, almost happened by accident. You know, I didn't start the company. I didn't, I didn't have it wake up one day, decide I want to provide a, a reporting and analytics platform for dental practices. It, it kind of just grew out of what we were already doing and what I kind of saw out in the dental world with, with people needing this type of information. And, um, yeah, it's, it just kind of has grown from there. Got feedback from others, learned uh, best practices through a number of different CE events and, and listening to different uh, podcasters and, and reading about dental practice management. It just grew from, from there. And you know, I keep going to keep improving the service with adding new features and um, different things that we can do with data. You know, when you start just thinking about things from a data perspective, um, the thing when I look at that, you're answering questions. You're answering the questions objectively. Instead of just having to kind of be in a fog and think, what should I be doing? When you look at data and you ask the right questions and get the right answers, you can make informed decisions that will impact your practice and your patients' lives. Right, right. Um, let, me, let me ask you um, the journey. I, I know, uh, just, I'm curious because I'm an entrepreneur. So, you, you saw a need. You hired a programmer to develop this for your dad. Is that how it started? No, I, I learned how to do it myself. I, wow. I learned the code. I learned the the way to interact with the, the database. Um, that was that was the how it started with Open Dental. Um, you know, I, I learned how to grab the data, how to securely transport it, how to manipulate it. I I, I wrote it all from scratch initially. Uh, I do have. Uh, I, I did have a developer do some contract work for me for uh, a couple things, especially when I started interacting with Dentrix. I, I did contract that out a little bit, and I, I do have a developer that works with me now as well. So it, it's been uh, whole grown internally first for me. I mean, I, I learned how, I always kind of knew a little bit of coding in, the in my past, but I definitely accelerated it when I needed to do that for uh, what I was doing with Divergent. That's awesome. And, um when you, um, after you finished building it, you said you had some people you knew tested, meaning you, they didn't pay you. So how did that work? How did you find them? And <laughs> well, um, I, I was interacting. I was involved with um, a couple different places. Uh, there's an Open Dental users forum uh, from Open Dental's website. They actually have a, a user forum on their website. And I believe it was also Dental Town, um, where I just kind of threw out there, hey, I've got this service I'm building. Uh, I was ready for some testers because I just needed to compare how people used their software compared to how we used it just to see uh, the differences. And, and everybody, 
has kind of a different way that they do things. So uh, by just throwing out their invitation, it was it was not just like a cold thing. I was interacting with these two different places as far as best practice and usage and, and being online and having a presence. So it wasn't just this um, out of nowhere thing. It was I already kind of had built a reputation in both these in both these places. So by saying, hey, I'm interested, there were a handful of people that wanted to jump on board and um, and gave me a lot of good feedback, both with just the data that we're looking at and uh, and how we were sending it out and how it looked. So it was uh, it was a collaborative effort in the feedback, I would say. So yeah, the beta testers was just, it was through online, you know, just being involved with places where people are talking about dentistry and, and software. That's how it started. So, um, and then how did you, um, how did you, then you built a website, you pretty much, you just figured out all of this stuff out yourself. That's amazing. <laughs> well, I've always been uh, a geek. Um, you know, in my early, early days, I, I mean, I grew up with a computer. I think when we were eight or nine years old is when we had our first computer in the house and I would. Um, you know, I'd, I would switch out different disks with our floppy drive and I would uh, try different commands from the command line just to see what they did. And, you know, I always kind of figured out how stuff worked from a very young age and I always had a very analytical mind as well. I'd always want to analyze numbers no matter what I was doing, uh, like specifically baseball. I've been a baseball fan my whole life. And I've, one of the things I love about it is the numbers you can look at with baseball. Uh, so it, it's just kind of grown out of my personality and, you know, uh, it's, it's been a fun journey. It's been one of those things where you know, you look back and you think, well, how did I get where I at now? And you know, I didn't, didn't think that this was what my future would hold 10 years ago, but it's definitely been a lot of fun and, and enjoying learning from others and, and really help. I love helping people too. You know, I love helping people improve things. And so that's, that's a rewarding part of it. It's not just something that is for me. I know that through my services, there are, uh, dentists that their practices are improving and through that happening there are people whose lives are improving because they're having healthier mouths too so that's that's very rewarding to think of it from that way right <clears throat> i was going to ask you um in your experience running your dad's practice so you've been doing it for like seven eight years now um what advice would you give to another office manager or a dentist like what did you learn what's like the top three things you learned that's a, that's a great question. Um, you know, I think one of the main lessons that I've learned is just treating people like people. I think that's a good perspective to use across the board, no matter what industry you're in, but specifically in dentistry, I think a lot of times we, we forget that when we're talking with patients that the, there's real lives that you're talking about, you know, when you're, when you're presenting treatment to them, instead of just kind of going through your script or using dental terminology that you're used to saying all the time, think about the real world where that person's coming from. You know, they, they don't, they, they may not know anything. I mean, to be honest, like when I first got into the dental industry, I, I was just barely aware that there were tooth numbers and I definitely would not be able to tell you lingual or facial or any of those terminologies or, or even the term periodontal disease. I mean, stuff like that. 
um, we often will use dental buzzwords and not even realize it when we're talking with patients. So I think the number one driving lesson I would say is treat people like people. You know, don't try to come across as just this dental expert. Uh, try to speak to people on their terms would be one of the number one things. Um, number two is keeping things simple. I mean, that, that's part of what I do with Divergent Dental, but in a dental world too, I mean, just thinking about like presenting treatment to a patient, if you're printing out a treatment plan from any of the normal uh, dental software out there, I mean, there's so many line items with all sorts of different codes and descriptions and uh, estimates and, and all sorts of stuff out there that it, it can be confusing for a patient. So try to keep things simple in the terms you use, the way you present that, what financial options you have. Don't try to overload them with a dozen different things. Keep it simple. Um, and um, try to have fun. I mean, <laughs> that, that's something that uh, we, it, it sometimes can hard to do. Dentistry is a difficult thing. And so having fun in the process, uh, I'd say, is a, another valuable thing you can do. Um, try, try to see things, keep things light when possible, especially um, there are sometimes that some patients come in and um, they just make your day a little bit more difficult. So finding ways to have fun with your just in your staff in your in your general life too i mean those those will keep you healthy keep you sane right right you know those are pretty you know pretty good advice for somebody i just put on the spot like a minute ago so <laughs> and i think uh, your point about you know treating people like people i think that's that's so important and i think sometimes we get so caught up in whatever we do we forget there's a human being on the other side well, I mean, just I mean, uh, to give you another good example, there are a couple of terms that any dental professional will know, things like an abutment and pontic. I mean, those words right there, if you're a dental professional, you know what those mean. But if you're not, if you're just, you know, your patients, they have no clue what those words mean at all. And so using those terms, well, yes, okay, if you're describing technically what's going on, sure, use those words, but be sure when you're using words like that, explain in practical words what that actually means. And in reality, you don't have to say what it technically is, explain what it is that you're addressing, you know, with, with a ponic, okay, you could say, you know, we're, we're, we're fixing the hole, the gap in your tooth, you know, in your mouth, you have a gap there, and we're going to fill that gap with the you know, with the abutment or with the panic, you know, things like that. Just use, use real world terms so that patients can understand what you're saying uh, so that they can make an informed decision. And they also will appreciate you better when you don't, and you're not, I don't think people are talking down to their patients, but patients might feel like they are because of the words that we use. Right. Kevin, um, if I want to learn more about your product, um, what is your recommendation? How do I learn more and what kind of information do you have for me? Well, we have our website, divergentdental.com. Uh, it's D-I-V-E-R-G-E-N-T, divergentdental.com. Uh, we do have some information there. Uh, we can be reached by email, info at divergentdental.com. Um, our phone number is 888-755-5728. Whichever method someone prefers to reach out to us, we can, we can respond that way. We can provide samples. We can give some free uh, demonstrations of what the data would look like with their data itself. 
those are three different ways people can get a hold of us and get to start to use our services. And you know, ultimately, it's about knowing what's going on, know the reality of where you are, so you can make informed decisions about your practice and, and what you should do, make changes, and to improve things for you. That's great. One last question, uh, and then I'll let you share your last uh, you know, idea or thought for the day. Uh, why did you name it Divergent Dental? So it's actually come from, um, uh, I think it's Robert Frost had the poem, Two Roads Diverged in the Woods. I chose the path less traveled, and that's made all the difference. So the concept for Divergent is standing out from the the norm, you know, being a little bit different and, and not being just part of the, just being a different type of thinker. And that's where it comes from, is that you've diverged from the normal path of either what you've done in the history of a dentist or from the rest of the pack. You know, you're, you're, you're different than the rest. That's what divergent, the idea came from. Makes sense. And uh, any last words of wisdom for our listeners? Um, you know, I, I like to deal in reality. And so I think, you know, if a, if a dental practice or a dentist or an office manager, whoever's listening to this, if you're overwhelmed, or if you're not sure where to start with, you know, a lot of times we try to compare things to what others have done or what others have told us that we can do. And the reality is that's, that's okay. But having a good understanding of where you're at is, uh, is you know, having a baseline of the reality of you and your data is where you should start, whether it's with Divergent Dental or with any other services out there uh, or doing it yourself, you know, whatever, whatever you're looking at, when you want to make decisions about, is my practice healthier? What should I do in the future? Starting with where you're at as your baseline is where you should be. And so, you know, think about like with losing weight, you know, if you're going to try to lose weight, um, you need to know how much you currently weigh before you can make any goals. And so, uh, I would highly encourage practices, if nothing else, you know, with, with Divergent Dental, we, we're month to month. There's no long-term contracts. So if someone just wants our services for a one month so they can just get a baseline, I mean, that's, that's better than kind of drifting out there in nowhere land, uh, not, no, excuse me, no man's land, not having a clue of what the reality is of, you know, what's their collection percentage, you know, what, what percentage of patients are saying yes to treatment, any of that, uh, just, just getting a baseline baseline and starting that is, is a important thing for everyone to do. So that'd be my best advice. Get a baseline, know the reality of the situation so that you can make informed decisions for the long-term growth of the practice. Perfect. That's a good note to end this um, interview, Kevin. Thank you very much for taking the time today. And uh, for anybody who's interested, go to divergentdental.com. And I think it's a great piece of software. I spent some time looking at it and um, um, you can, we'll put all the contact information in the call notes so anybody can get a hold of um, Kevin easily. Thank you, Kevin. And thank you everyone for listening to another episode of the Growing Dentist podcast show. Thanks for having me.